This is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. The Biden administration said it will send 31 Abrams tanks to Ukraine, following Germany's decision to dispatch 14 of its Leopard tanks. President Joe Biden announced a $400 million package that will also include eight M88 recovery vehicles, which can tow the Abrams. Germany's move, taken after much dithering, allows Poland and other countries to export their German-made leopards. A court in Moscow upheld an order from Russia's Justice Ministry to dissolve the Moscow-Helensky Group in the government's continued crackdown on civil society. Judges said the humanitarian group had violated legal requirements by operating outside its geographical remit. Originally set up to monitor Soviet abuses in 1976, it is Russia's oldest human rights organization. The Bank of Canada signaled that it would become the first major central bank to stop hiking interest rates. After inflation slowed from 8.1% in June to 6.3% in December, it raised interest rates by a quarter of a percentage point to 4.5%, their highest level since 2008. The bank's governor said it would implement a conditional pause on further hikes. Shares in Adani Group a multinational conglomerate that underpins swaths of India's economy, were hit by a scathing report by Hindenburg Research, an investment firm. The group was accused of market manipulation and accounting fraud. Its chief financial officer called the claims baseless. Shares in the flagship Adani Enterprises dropped by 3.7% at their lowest point on Wednesday. ASML a Dutch manufacturer of chip-making equipment, beat expectations with fourth-quarter earnings of 1.8 billion euro, $2 billion, and predicted sales growth of more than 25% this year. Europe's largest technology company has been subject to curbs on exports to China, but demand elsewhere in the world is making up for it. ASML had a record backlog of 40 billion euro in orders by the end of 2022. Authorities in North Korea ordered a five-day lockdown in Pyongyang amid rising cases of an unspecified respiratory illness. Residents of the capital were told to stay at home and check their temperatures regularly in the first citywide lockdown in eight months. North Korea acknowledged an outbreak of COVID-19 last year but declared victory over the virus in August. Rupert Murdoch abandoned plans to reunite his two media companies, Fox Corporation and News Corporation. Shareholders had objected to the proposal, arguing that a merger would mask the value of News Corp, which owns the Wall Street Journal and The Times. Fox Corp owns Fox News and other TV stations. Mr. Murdoch split the companies in 2013. And fact of the day, 12% the proportion of Afghan women who said females are treated with respect and dignity in their country. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. America's economy stays strong for now. The American economy seems to have ended 2022 on a high note. 
Figures published on Thursday are expected to show that GDP in the final three months of the year expanded at an annualized rate of about 2.5%. That would mark America's second straight quarter of robust growth, defying predictions of a recession, at least for now. A rebound in consumption and resilient non-housing investment were probably the main drivers of the performance. Yet this could prove to be America's last strong GDP reading for a while. The Federal Reserve's aggressive tightening is beginning to make its impact felt. The housing market has gone cold, which will depress investment levels in the coming months. Higher interest rates are also crimping consumers' ability to borrow, which in turn is weighing on retail sales. GDP data is, by its nature, backward-looking. Forward-looking indicators are much less rosy. What ubiquitous guns means for America On Thursday, President Joe Biden will host a reception at the White House for the Lunar New Year. The festivities may be more somber than usual. On Saturday, a gunman killed 11 people in a dance hall during New Year's celebrations in Monterey Park a largely Chinese-American suburb of Los Angeles. Two days later, another man murdered seven people, many of them immigrants, in Half Moon Bay, a city south of San Francisco. California has stricter gun laws than other states. Assault weapons are banned, background checks are required to purchase guns, and officials can confiscate them from people deemed dangerous. Such measures help. Gun deaths in California are 37% below the national average, but cannot prevent all attacks in a country where firearms are ubiquitous. State officials are pushing for more restrictions, and Mr. Biden has renewed calls for a national assault weapons ban. But lawmakers will have one eye trained on the Supreme Court, which has recently interpreted the right to bear arms expansively. A Controversial Holiday in Australia Aussies traditionally celebrate Australia Day, January 26th, with beers and barbecues. In recent years, however, thousands have protested against it. The holiday divides Australians because it marks the landing of the first British settlers in 1788. For Aboriginals, who make up 4% of Australia's population, Australia Day marks the start of the murder and dispossession of their ancestors. Some call it Invasion Day and want to change the holiday's date. That now seems possible, even if it is some way off. The Labour government, led by Anthony Albanese, wants to change the Constitution to give Aboriginals a bigger say in policymaking. Mr. Albanese has already scrapped rules that mandate the holding of citizenship ceremonies on January 26th and is allowing civil servants to take another day off. Some big companies are doing the same. Conservatives bristle, but polls show that almost half of young Australians support changing the date. Sooner or later, Aussies will surely have their patriotic barbecues on a different day. No War Bounty for America's Arms Makers Russia's invasion of Ukraine has boosted military budgets across the West. America authorized a record annual defense budget of $858 billion in December. 
Strategic fears about China are contributing too. Yet the American defense industry is not reporting bumper results. Lockheed Martin, the world's largest defense company, beat market expectations this week for fourth quarter revenues, but yearly sales were lower than in 2021. On Thursday, Northrop Grumman, another big producer, expects its quarterly earnings per share to increase by 10% year-on-year and bounce back from three consecutive quarters of shrinking profits. But arms makers are struggling to fully capitalize on the bellicose mood. The tight labor market has made it difficult to recruit staff. Brittle supply chains and rising prices have limited crucial weapons components, particularly the semiconductors needed for precision anti-tank missiles. At least manufacturers need not fear America's new Congress. Even the Republicans pushing to curtail the government's budget very rarely speak of cuts to defense spending. Bollywood's Biggest Star Returns The release of any film starring Shah Rukh Khan is a big event in India. To his fans, he is known as the King of Bollywood, but the build-up to Patan, which released this week, has been particularly feverish. The action thriller marks Mr. Khan's return to the big screen after a four-year hiatus following several flops. It also comes as the Hindi film industry desperately seeks a box office hit to draw back audiences who have drifted into streaming platforms and South Indian films. But Mr. Khan also has his detractors. Many Hindi nationalists resent the Muslim actor's enduring popularity. Some want his new film banned over a musical number, Beshram Rang, Shameless Color, in which Mr. Khan's co-star dances briefly in a skimpy saffron bikini. The color is closely associated with Hinduism. But the hand-wringing may have helped the film. The song has been viewed 236 million times online, and early ticket sales suggest unprecedented public demand. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home, city, and country by 1700 GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Thursday. Which zodiac sign covers those people born between April 20th and May 20th? Wednesday. Which kids' TV show featured International Rescue, an organization run by the Tracy family? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Edward Sapir, who was born on this day in 1884. What fetters the mind and benumbs the spirit is ever the dogged acceptance of absolutes. That's The World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.